He's forever. He was and is and is forever. He is a faithful God. We can count on Him day in and day out. He never changes. He never varies. If He did it yesterday, He'll do it today and He'll do it for us tomorrow. Amen? Amen. He is a faithful God. He's forever. And that's something we can count on. Well, good morning. You may be seated. I'm Pastor Chris, not Pastor Craig. And today, I have a teaching. I'm going to teach. I might preach in there a little bit, but mostly it's a teaching. And I believe this teaching is going to help you. So, I'd like to start off by just praying. Father, I thank You and praise You for this opportunity that You've given to us today. First of all, thank You for such a beautiful day. Thank You for the opportunity to be able to praise You. Thank You for the opportunity to be able to get into Your Word and see how You would do things, to see how You think about things, what You would say, and then how You would do it. So, Father, I thank You right now for ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are receptive to what You want to bring across to this day. I thank You ahead of time for speaking to me and through me, Father. And I give you all the thanks and the praise ahead of time for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. All right, I want to talk about gardening today. Now, we're going into the fall and winter time, but I want to talk about gardening, okay? I am a pastor, but I'm also a gardener. And in a couple of months, the company that I started is going to celebrate. We've been in business for 25 years. In 25 years, you learn some things about working with the soil, working with plants, working with seed. You run across some things, some things you learn by experience, some things you learn the hard way. But I want to share with you some basic principles today about the seed and the ground. And I titled this teaching to plant a seed. Plant a seed. My dad is a gardener. He's 80-some years old. He's 82, and he's still got a big garden. He's got it out on my property and man, he goes at it, and he's still working around in it. But he's a gardener. My grandpa was a gardener, and he worked in the garden into his 90s. But more importantly, my God is a gardener. He's a gardener. I don't know if you ever thought about it that way. But uh, a lot of people refer to Mother Nature, and I don't know where that all come from. But my God, my Father, created the nature. He created all these beautiful flowers and the trees and the hills and the mountains, the streams that flow and the waterfalls. He created it all. He is the, the master gardener. You've heard about master gardeners. Well, we serve the master gardener. Okay? And you know what? I can't wait till we get to heaven and, uh, you know, where the flowers, they never wilt. They never die. They always look beautiful. They're always perky and smiling at us. The grass is always green and lush. And I've had many talks with the Lord. you know. And you know where He says in His Word, He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, I've had many conversations with Him and I've told Him, I said, Lord, I want first dibs on taking care of your property. I want to mow your grass. I want to take care of your gardens. So, I'm just letting you know if any gardeners out there, I got first dibs on taking care of God's garden. All right? All right, well, enough daydreaming, okay? Let's get into today's teaching. I want you to see, though, that our God spoke about gardening in the Old Testament. He spoke about the seed, He spoke about the ground, and He spoke about harvesting. 
And if you go into the New Testament, Jesus really spoke a lot about gardening. When he was teaching his disciples, he spoke about the sower, the seed, the ground, watering the seed. He spoke about pruning and maintenance, right? We've all heard those. Okay? He was teaching his disciples. So what we're going to be talking about today, though, is we're going to concentrate only on two elements of that, is the seed and the ground. Jesus also used parables a lot when he was teaching the boys. And he was teaching spiritual things and comparing them to natural things. And I like that. Why? So I can relate to it. And that's why he did that. He took spiritual things and he related them to something that that was being done in the natural so that the disciples or that we could be able to relate with that. We could associate with that. So I'm going to be endeavoring to do that today and I'm going to do that quite a bit so that you can take something that you're very familiar with and associate it with where God wants to teach us today about spiritual things. So, I don't know how or what you came in need of here today. Maybe you came in for needing of healing. Maybe you need finances. Maybe you come in because you just wanted more of the Word. That's cool and that's great. Maybe you need some peace. Maybe you have a relationship that's broken and you came maybe to get understanding to have God speak to you. I don't know how you came in today or what you came in here for, But I can tell you this, that God's already provided everything that you and I will ever need. He's already provided it for us. That's His part. And I want to start off saying, God has a part and we have a part. Very important that you know that. I know you've heard that over and over in our church. That God has a part, He is faithful and forever to uphold His part. And we have a part. God will not do our part. We can't do His part. We're only to do our part. God makes it easy for us to do our part, but we still have a part to play. And you'll see that as we go on. What I want to hope to do this morning, though, is to show you from God's Word our part and where we sometimes miss it. Where sometimes we get off track a little bit, and it's so easy to do. I would also, you know, this lesson could be titled Gardening 101, okay? Because it's a simple message, okay? I like the fundamentals. I like simplicity, uh... You know, just as the Pirates and the Steelers and the Penguins and any professional team, every year they got to go back to spring training, fall camp. Why? Even when they're pros, they got to do that. Why? To go over the fundamentals, to keep them in check, the basic things. And sometimes what I observe is we want new revelation. We want new teaching. We want more information. And all the while, the answer is right underneath our nose. We want something new. We want... Oh, man, I want new revelation. I'm going to press beyond. Pastor Chris, I've already heard those things before. Well, I challenge you this morning to just please listen with your spirit, man, to what I'm sharing with you. It's a very simple message. But if you can get this, whatever you're in need of today, you can walk out of here with an assurance, I'm getting what I came for. Okay? All right. So, let's start off by looking at Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. Okay, here we go. It says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. You've all heard that verse many times over and over and over again. Genesis 8.22. Let's get it established first off. 
This is where the first where we're starting for. This is our starting point. That as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. God said that. We could say it this way. As long as this earth is intact, you can plant a seed, put it in the ground, and expect a harvest. Amen? Now, don't say amen if you don't agree with me. Say amen if you agree, because that will settle it in your heart. Okay? So, as long as the earth remains, Genesis 8.22, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Pastor John taught about that, well, maybe about, I don't know, maybe it was last year sometime. He spent a lot of time talking about that. But we want to establish that first. It's so important to know that as long as I'm putting seed in the ground, God established it this way, this is His principle, His laws, I should expect a harvest. Okay? Now, we know there are many variables that can affect this process, but seed put into the earth will produce a harvest. Okay? Everybody agree with that? Okay. Let's get started then. First of all, there must be seed. Okay? Without seed, you can have nothing. Or I like to say, without seed, you can have no thing. Okay? You have to have seed. In the natural, now remember, I'm going to compare natural to spiritual, and I want you to be able to grasp this, and I know you will after I explain it to you. Let's say Pastor Chris wants a tomato patch. I like tomatoes. Let's say I want a tomato patch. Because I want one, will I get one? You can answer. I like people talking back. How about if I pray for one, will I get a tomato patch? Wait a minute. What about if I use the scripture, Mark 11:24? Whatsoever things I desire, I want a tomato patch, I'm desiring a tomato patch, believe that I receive them and I shall have them. Can I get that tomato patch? All right, I'm just checking on you. How about this? How about if I get call up Pastor John, Pastor Steve, Pastor Craig, I say, come on over guys, I need you. We're going to lay hands on this patch of ground and pray Will I get a tomato patch? Why? Okay. That sounds ridiculous though, right? I mean, come on, Pastor Chris. You can't have a tomato patch without planting seeds. Okay, well, it's not so ridiculous as where I'm going to go down through this and and talk you through it. This is where I want you to see where a lot of Christians are missing it. They're expecting God to plant their gardens for them. They're expecting a harvest from God without planting any seed. And it cannot be that way. Because you've all agreed with me, according to Genesis 8.22, that as long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time and harvest. You can't eliminate seed from the equation. And I'm going to challenge you today that you can't eliminate you planting that seed. So a lot of people are expecting harvests and they're not getting them. A lot of people are expecting God to do something and He's not going to do it. Okay? So, let's look at it in the spiritual realm. Whatever you came in here today believing for, let's just say it's healing. I want healing or say I want finances. Should I expect to receive healing today because I come in and it's healing service? Should I expect to get healing today because I came to church? Should I expect healing today because 
I've volunteered for the last 15 years in children's ministry. Come on, now I'm working for the Lord. I'm searching Him out. I'm praying. Should I expect to receive healing without planting any seed? Well, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Master Gardener, if I can't get a tomato patch without planting some tomato seeds, and He compared natural things to spiritual things, how in the world do I think that I could expect to get healing without planting some healing seed? How, do I, how would I expect to get my finances without planting some financial seed? Right? Are you guys in agreement? Okay, now stay with me. I have to stop right here though, okay, and add one clause because I must remain scriptural. You can receive healing without planting a seed. Okay? You can. It's an exception. Okay? And what I want you to understand, I really want you to hear this today, it's not always in effect. It's according to as the Spirit wills and according to the gifts being in operation. Okay? Now you... A lot of you, I know you know what I'm talking about. And I don't have a whole lot of time to dwell on this today. But I do want to explain this. That if I plant my garden, if I plant tomato seeds, then I'm going to get my tomato patch. If I plant healing seeds, I'm going to get my healing. If I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to get me my tomatoes, and if I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to give me my healing, I might have to wait a while. Okay? I'm going to be straight up with you. Okay? That's the only thing I know what to do. Uh, the same as you're going to plant tomato seeds. There'll be seed time and harvest. You will get tomatoes if you plant tomato seeds in the ground. You will get healing if you plant healing seed in your ground. If you don't plant healing seed in your ground, you still could get healing, but it's only as the gifts of the Spirit are in operation and as the Spirit wills. And that doesn't happen all the time. Here's an important part I want you to share with you. If it was happening all the time and the Holy Spirit was giving out tomatoes whenever someone asked or was giving out healing at all times, then we would never have to plant seeds, right? Right? We would never have to use faith, Right? If everybody was getting it all the time, we wouldn't have to use faith. And what pleases God? Okay, so you're with me. All right? It's very important to see that, though, guys. The gifts of the Spirit are primarily for the unbeliever or the baby Christian. Okay? That's primarily their main function. For Christians who do not have an understanding, but eventually, just as you know, I have two young children, okay, one Christian's three and Lydia's eight, and they're watching Daddy, how Daddy and Mommy do everything. And I love that. And I love that I get to teach them and a privilege to be able to do so. But praise God, I'm expecting one day <laughs> that they're going to get it and do it on their own, just as you do with your children. And God is no different, okay? He's no different. He expects you and I to grow up and He expects us to take the seed and plant it in the ground and then get our harvest. Okay? So we need to grow up. Alright? 
I'm not too harsh on you, am I? So the first area that we miss it is that we're waiting for God to plant our gardens or we're waiting for Him to give us a harvest when we haven't planted seed. And here's an observation that I've observed over the years. We have many Christians roaming around the countryside or going from town to town or meeting to meeting to get their healing or to get a new revelation. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the point I want you to see. It's as the Spirit wills or as the gifts are in operation. And there's people spending a lot of money cruising around trying to get their healing. And it's taking a lot of effort and time when all the while they could have went out in the backyard and tilled up a little piece of ground and planted some seed and got it. You hear that? Okay, I want you to see that. Okay? Not to say that that's bad, but I mean, there's people spending a lot of money, time, and effort when all the while they could have went out in their backyard and planted a little tomato patch. Let's move on. We see that we have to plant seed to get a harvest of anything. Everybody say amen. amen. Okay, now let's look at the seed because the seed is so important. And let's look at the seed in the natural. Now, I, you know, like I said, I've been in business for 25 years, but I've been even doing this kind of work since I was a little kid because I observed my dad and my grandpa plant, and I wanted to do that too. So I've learned some things about the ground and seed. In the natural, in the natural now I'm talking, I, a seed will last three to four years, maybe five years, if left in the packet and it's dry. Okay? Say tomato seeds, cucumber seeds, corn seed, whatever. It'll last three to four, maybe five years if kept in the packet and dry. In the natural, seed will only produce after its own kind. I can't plant tomato seeds and get cucumbers. I can't plant an apple seed and get a pear tree. I know that, Pastor Chris, right? You know that. Seed must be planted to produce. It can be good seed, but unless I put it into the ground, that seed is of no value or it will not produce. It's ineffective. Perfectly good seed... I can have lots of perfectly good seed, sacks of perfectly good seed, but unless I put it in the ground, it will be ineffective. We all in agreement with that? All right, so let's look at it in the spiritual. Turn with me to Luke 8.11. Luke 8.11. Luke 8.11. You've all heard this before. This is Jesus talking, so let's heed to his words. It says, now the parable is this. He's talking about the parable of the sower. The seed is the word of God. So in the spiritual realm, where we are to be living because we're spirit beings, right? And our dad and our master gardener is a spirit being. And so we are to be following his example. We are to be doing it like he does and we're to be taking His Word and putting that into our heart. The seed is the Word of God. So important. So important that you know that. God's Word is seed. And it also says that God's Word, unlike the natural, God's Word is imperishable and incorruptible. Hallelujah. That's good news, guys. In the natural, seed, if I take care of it and keep it dry in the packet, it'll last me four or five years. 
Let's say it even it lasted six years. God's Word, His seed, is incorruptible and imperishable, meaning it will always work. <laughs> be having smiles on your face. It's imperishable, incorruptible. It will always work. It will always produce. That's a good thing. We start out by saying He's forever. His seed is forever. And that it can be found in 1 Peter 1.23 where His Word is incorruptible and imperishable. 1 Peter 1.23 if you're taking notes. God's Word or God's seed will work today, tomorrow, and forevermore. But, just like the natural seed, it will only produce after its own kind. So, what do you mean by that, Pastor Chris? What the packet says, or what the verse says, is only what that verse and only what that seed is going to produce. And this church, and Pastor John, what I appreciate so much about it is, is we keep being taught about being governed by what we believe and not in just one area. And here's the point I'm trying to make. I can't stand on a healing scripture and expect to have my finances straightened out. I must believe in God's Word in totality and be governed by it in every area of my life for it to be effective in all areas. I can't take healing seed and plant it in the ground and then expect that. Now, it has an effect, but I can't expect that to take care of my broken relationships. You understand what I'm saying? Seed produces after its own kind. It won't produce something else. God said that, that every seed can only produce after its own kind. So if I'm planting, check this out. This is why I get excited about that First Peter verse. If I'm planting incorruptible seed into the ground, what should I expect for a harvest? incorruptible harvest. If I'm planting imperishable seed into the ground, what should I be expecting? Imperishable harvest. Because His seed does not change. And His seed always works. That's good news, guys. And see, the devil, the enemy, has made us think, oh, you can take God's Word and plant it, but you'll never get totally healed. You can't have everything be perfectly fine in your life. Well, how can I take an incorruptible seed and I plant it according to the way the Master Gardener, my God, tells me to and plant it in and it only produces after its own kind? So I should be expecting an imperishable harvest, right? An incorruptible harvest because I'm planting incorruptible seed. It only produces after its own kind. We haven't went there a lot, but I would challenge you to meditate on that for a while. Okay. Just like the natural seed, though, it needs to be planted to produce. Where do we need to plant it? In the ground, which is our hearts. Turn with me to Matthew 13, 19. Matthew 13, 19. Simple message what we're talking about here, guys. Matthew 13:19. It says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. We see that the ground 
is our heart. Okay? We've seen in the spiritual realm that the seed is God's Word. In the spiritual realm, the ground is our heart. Okay? And here's an important statement I'd like to read to you. The only purpose of God's seed or His Word is their fulfillment. Did you get that? Listen to that. The only purpose of God's seed or His Word, which is His seed, is their fulfillment. God never created His seed or His Word to just be out there and not be fulfilled. He created His Word. He spoke it into existence. He's given us His seed for it to be fulfilled. But what I want you to see is, where we're going with this, is it cannot be fulfilled unless it's planted into the ground. Are you telling me, Pastor Chris, that God's Word cannot produce? God's Word, His incorruptible and perishable seed, Word, cannot produce unless it's put in the ground? I'll leave you thinking about that one. The Bible refers to the ground as our heart. So the imperishable, incorruptible seed or Word of God is of no value or will be ineffective unless it's planted into the ground. But what I do want you to see is God's seed and His Word will always work. But in order for it to work, it must have the ground. This is not something that God takes very lightly. Okay? What I'm going to share with you about the ground. He does not take this very lightly because without the ground... His Word is ineffective. And that's why God values you and I so much, so highly. He values you and I so highly. He values the unbeliever and puts so much value on them. And I'm going to share with you why. Because in order for His promises and His seed to be effective, He needs the ground, which is our heart, in order for His seed to become effective and to be fulfilled. You could say He needs us. He needs the ground. Okay? God knows that, and that's why He purchased us. God refers to us as His field. Did you ever hear that before? As His field? 1 Corinthians 3.9. Turn there. I'm hoping you're taking your highlighter and you're highlighting this so when you go back and you meditate on it, you'll have these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3.9 I love this verse. It says, For we are God's fellow workers, are God's field, and you are God's building. Just like I need a field or I need some ground to plant my tomato patch, God needs some ground. He needs our hearts to plant His incorruptible, imperishable seed. Other translations refer to us as we are God's farm. Or have you ever heard this? We are God's garden. Just meditate on that for a second. I can't spend a whole lot of time or I'd love to. But just think about that. God refers to us as His garden. Can you imagine the Garden of Eden 
Everything was lush and perfect and beautiful, growing constantly, never dying. And God looks at you and I. He values you and I that much. And He says to you, to you and I that you are my field. You are my farm. You are my garden. Allow me. Allow me. Take your seed. Take my seed and put it into your ground and see what it will produce. A beautiful garden. A beautiful garden. Because it's always good. God is good. He does not vary. He does not change. So, if we take that seed, that incorruptible and perishable seed, I know I keep repeating myself, but I want you to get it, and we put it into the ground of our hearts, we can expect something beautiful to happen. And it should not be that we're saying we take the incorruptible and perishable seed and we put it into the ground of our hearts and we should be expecting anything less. We've been deceived. We've been misled. Not only were we created for Him, but He bought us with a price, and a very expensive price, may I add. You know that. He bought that field. He bought that farm. He bought that garden with a very expensive price. God values you and I more than we value ourselves. I know you've heard that before, but really think about that. What He did. He gave us a seed. He bought us. He First of all, He made us. And then He redeemed us and He bought us. And He says, if you'll take this seed, guys, and you'll put it in this ground, it will produce because as long as the earth remains, is intact, there shall be seed time and harvest. So we've established God's side. God's provided the seed. God's provided the ground. Amen? Okay. We've seen our side, which we have to plant the seed into the ground. But here's another area where I want you to see that we've missed it or we come up short. And I believe this will really help you. Say you've just planted your garden and you've planted all kinds of vegetables. Okay? You prepped the ground. You've taken time and went to the store and got the seed and you put it in the ground, did everything that the instructions said the seed packet said, and you planted it, and it's all perfect. And you come over and you say, Chris, I'm your neighbor. Man, it will only be a couple months, and I'm going to have some veggies. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to get those cucumbers and those tomatoes. And you even tell Pastor John, won't be long, Pastor John. I'll bring you some tomatoes, because you know he loves tomatoes. And I come over, and I say, what in the world are you talking about? I look over there and I see nothing but dirt. I don't see no tomatoes. I don't see no veggies growing. You do know, as Genesis 8.22 says, that there will be seed, time, and then harvest. Now, you might think it's ridiculous, but you know I have to tell you, you can't plant tomato seeds and then go out the next day and pick a tomato off of it, right? First you see the sprout, and then the vine, and then the tomatoes, right? It takes some time. All right? I might not see anything. I keep coming over. I come over next day. I might come over a week from now. I might not see any of your veggies in that garden for a week or two. But here's the point I want you to see. And this is a valuable lesson. 
that you could learn. My dad taught me this when I was a little kid. He taught me to take the seed out of the packet. It was good seed. We went to the store, got whatever we wanted, whatever you come in here for today. We took the seed out of the packet, prepped the ground, put the seed in the ground, and my dad would tell me, now you go get that stake or go get a stick and put that seed packet on that stick and put it out the end of the row. Why? Why would he tell me to do that? I know what I just planted because in a day or two (laughs) or a week, the cares of this life, I can go back there and I can say, in this row, I planted tomatoes and I planted them right there so I can know where I planted them and then also what I planted because I might forget even what I did plant. I'm going somewhere with this now. I know that that seems so simple to you, but what have you planted and where did you plant it? Okay? So, I can come over then because another reason why you want to put that stake in the ground at the end is because when your nosy neighbors come over or your family and say, I don't see no veggies, you can say they're coming. They're coming right there. I did the instructions. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going to have tomatoes here in a couple of months. It's a testing. You're being tested all the time in this life. You're tested by the enemy. You're tested by your family. You're tested by yourself. You really believe it? You plant seed? Where's it at? I don't see it. Tell me where you plant it. So, as we've been doing, let's compare this to the spiritual. This will help you, and it's scriptural. What do you want? What do you want today? What do you need in your life? Healing, finances? Go to the storehouse. Let's go to the store, guys. This is the storehouse. Okay? And we're going to go to the storehouse, and I'm going to, I need healing. Okay, well, let's go get some healing seed. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to find some scriptures. God's word is what? God's word is what? God's word is what? Okay, so I want some healing. Then I need to go to the storehouse and I'm going to go get myself some seed, which is His word. And then what am I going to do with that? Plant it where? Okay. What I want you to see is though, Well, first of all, turn with me to Proverbs 4.20. Proverbs 4.20. Familiar scripture. We've heard it many times with Pastor Craig in this class. Proverbs 4.20. Now remember, my dad telling me to put that seed packet at the end of the row. Okay? Proverbs 4.20. We there? My son or my daughter, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, and do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Turn back with me to Joshua 1.8, another very familiar scripture, one of my favorites. I know you know this, but it uh, bears repetition. Put your name in there. God's not speaking to Joshua. He's speaking to Christopher. He's speaking to Bob and Nancy. Put your name in there. Christopher, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, 
and then you will have good success. God tells us to meditate on His seed or on His Word day and night and night and day. How in the world does He expect me, with everything that i got going on, to meditate on His Word day and night and, and day and night and night and day? You've heard, you've heard it in this class, you've heard it from many preachers. They tell you find a promise in God's Word, write it down on an index card, and so you have it with you, right? Okay, well here's what Pastor Chris, the gardener, is telling you to do. Okay, now listen up. The gardener is telling you, go to the storehouse, find what you're looking for. I'm going for healing. I'm going to get some healing seed, which is the healing Word of God. I'm going to take it out of the...